Hello and welcome to another episode of the Barefoot Mediator podcast, news and views from Jane Gunn and guests. In this episode, I speak with Charlotte Valor, who is a former chair of the Institute of Directors, and she has a passionate interest in values in business. So welcome, Charlotte. Really great to speak with you. Thank you very much. It's lovely to be here. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Charlotte. So tell us, Charlotte, a little bit about your background and where this passion for sort of leadership and, and governance comes from. It's, a, it's difficult to say exactly where it comes from, but I started at 13 by chairing the pupil organization in the school, wow. wanting to uh, do things uh, better and was out there with the banners and sitting on the on the board of governors for the school so that was oh. a relatively early start i didn't really consider that until recently when someone asked me where did you start and i think maybe there i saw that what i quite like to do is try to influence people to do things that makes the world a better place and i think i've just always been that way yes. so even through the years of being an investment banker i was always quite principled and uh, had some firm values in place that i I rarely compromised on because it felt impossible for me to do so. So that's a very early start, 13, Charlotte. (laughs) So I wonder, Charlotte, from the perspective of the businesses you represent with the Institute of Directors and and this concept of leadership and principled leadership, I wonder what you make of the time that we're in and actually what are the learnings, what are the opportunities to learn that come out of that, do you think? It's, uh, it, it is a, a very interesting time, I mean, interesting in, in for good and for bad, but it is really a time where leaders get tested. We all get tested, in fact, here, and, and we are obviously all leaders at some level, starting with leading ourselves. But I think uh, what I'm seeing around me is that people get tested to the core. Uh, we're having discussions initially around, well, if you flatten the curve of people getting infected, you deepen the economical crisis that comes with it and then having this discussion between life and money was very uncomfortable Mm. for many people and of course Mm. it isn't as simple as that because the fact that deep recession or even depression also cost lives because Mm. people's mental health will go wrong you'll get an increase in suicides so either way it's it's not a great situation but a situation that we need to look at and that's i think it becomes even more important to hold on to your core values mm. and what is right and what is wrong. And when, when you go to the core, to the simple of values, simplicity, you will see it's not that difficult to know what is right and what is wrong. Generally, people can feel it, even if they try to ignore those feelings. So do you, so you're putting core values at the heart of what we do. And I wonder how much people are able to put core values at the heart of what they're thinking about the current situation or about the decisions they make in businesses at this time. I think for some it can be difficult, but I think also many people don't actually consciously have awareness around what are their mm. core values. Mm. And sit down if they say, well, look at all ethical values, which are you three, so three to five sort of value words that you can see you have lived by and you are living by um, privately and professionally. When I ask people, what are your values? Some people say, oh, privately or professionally. And my answer is always, I would hope they're the same. Mm. Uh, Because Mm. as I have said a couple of times, well, if you want to cheat on your partner at home, you're probably cheating business too. Yes. Um, Which seems to make people uncomfortable, but that's genuinely what I feel. Mm. I'm not saying that we, we don't make mistakes because we all make mistakes uh, now and then but people know when they're more sort of seeking the wrong way as opposed to the right way it's not difficult 
And we spoke about wisdom, uh, Charlotte, when we spoke before, and we spoke about that being like the trunk of a tree. So tell me what you mean by that. So, when, so if you think about it, the core of everything, what, where everything can grow from and spring from, for me, is, 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 is a wisdom, is a knowledge about who are you as a person. Part of that is what are your values, a very key part of that. And, and obviously, if you adhere to your values, you have high level of integrity. Mm-hmm. And, and that is really the core where everything else can spring from. From that, you can get branches of, of, of all kinds of things coming, mm-hmm. but it's all grounded in that trunk of the tree that trunk of the tree disappears mm-hmm. the leaves the branches everything else disappears mm. and what about the roots what what part does the roots play in that so in that one i, I mainly focus around the trunk i mean obviously yes. the root is what holds it all in place mm-hmm. and if you didn't have those roots and i think the roots again they stem from the values you have and yes. from the values you are given through your your family as well, your parents, yes. your grandparents, your ancestors. I mean, mm. they've just found that uh, traumatic experience, for example, seem to stick to genes. Uh, they don't become part of it, but they stick to the genes and it carries down yes. through generations. Yes. Again, the kind of things that happened within your family for generations could play um, a key part of how you develop your own core values. And the roots is, is that it comes from there. But again, they will only survive if the trunk with the leaves are there, if that's gone, the roots are gone. Yes, yes. I think that's a wonderful image, Charlotte. And I too have been exploring this thing about sort of, you know, the I think they call it epigenetics, where you literally, you know, what's gone on for generations influences how you are physically and how you are mentally and yeah. what your values are. It's an absolutely fascinating thing to study. And well, I want to fascinating when science found out that actually no, it does stick to the genes. I was like, gosh, yeah. it's relatively new. They yes. found that out. And I thought that makes a lot of sense. But it, it does, was also it? surprising that yes. they can now scientifically prove that. Yes. Yeah, it does make a lot of sense when you look back in your own family history and see patterns and things going through. And there's a model that I use too in business that looks at, you know, your culture and your conditioning, but knowing that those things are actually imprinted as well. And then you come to the sense of, and you talk about this, Charlotte, about the waking up. So we wake up to a responsibility and accountability and knowledge that we are what we are, but we also yeah. have a, an ability to, to be responsible for that and accountable yeah. for that. So tell us more about that thinking. I think this is responsibility and accountability is, is very important. People tend to, to forget that they are responsible for making decisions for themselves every single day. You decide to get off of bed. You get decide to brush your teeth or not brush your teeth. You decide to have a shower or not have a shower. It's just mm-hmm. full of decisions that you have to make and they escalate depending on when you go into business as other kinds of decisions to make. But we do make decisions. We can also make a decision to have life making decisions on us or in business, we can make decisions for the surrounding making decisions instead of us but it is still a decision whether it's conscious or not conscious you're Mm. still making that decision Mm. from in from inside to do or not do this that or the other Mm. and if you if you don't accept that you make these decisions it tends to be hard for you to accept accountability because actually it doesn't feel as if you made a decision for something and therefore you don't feel accountable and it can also be difficult for other people to hold you accountable if you don't have the feeling that actually this is your own, this is your own making. 
Yeah. And I think we, we, we see that. I've certainly seen that, you know, often with executive teams, also with board members, that field decisions are made on their behalf and therefore don't feel they're accountable. But actually, even their lack of making decisions is a decision, if you see yes, what I mean. I do. Yeah. And Charlotte, we're both mediators. So we discovered after we met that we've both been through mediation training. And one of the things about mediation training is instead of a mediator or a third person or, or, or a boss even making decision, we ask the parties, we hold the parties accountable and say, you decide. And I think that's one of the reasons I feel right now that the principles of mediation are the way forward for yeah. us in the business world as well as in the legal world. I, I absolutely. What, mm. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree on that. I, I think I decided to become a mediator because I felt it would be a great asset for any board member. Uh, because yes. what you do find at board is that that invariably there will be disputes and disagreements around what decisions to make about what um, what direction to take, and that's quite normal uh, to see. But it's how you deal with it when it's there. So so I really welcome people disagreeing with me because when people do that, it's an opportunity for me to grow. It's an opportunity for me to learn something that I didn't learn before, or to get firmer in where I stand on certain things. People who mm -hmm. agree just on everything isn't helping me quite so much uh, because actually we just agree so therefore we don't move yes it's when people disagree you have an opportunity to move and i think that should happen all your life you should mm. always have people around you who are disagreeable friends who help you move on <laughs> that's a wonderful phrase let's look for some more disagreeable friends <laughs> but uh, i agree and i talk a lot about the magic of conflict so i think it is it, it's certainly in business but in life it's something that can be a, a catalyst for this energy yeah. and this change and what about purpose i know that's another thing that you talk a lot about is you know being on purpose and knowing what your purpose yeah. is in in life and in work yeah I think, I think, again, it's, it's one of the key things. They also come together, if you want, purpose and values. And, mm. um, well, they don't necessarily come together, depending on what your purpose is. But for me, they all come together. And I think businesses are waking up to this in, in a big way. Um, I mean, bigger listed companies obviously have to talk about it now in their annual report. And that hasn't been so easy for many board members uh, mm. to do. Um, because it's, it actually means going underneath just the basics of what the organization does. And I think for individuals to have a certain purpose, you do something, it's good to have an idea of why do you do it? What's your objective? What are you going to use it for in a positive way to, to do things? Again, it comes back to the decision making. Instead of just getting sort of pushed along the river, you actually can decide which, which direction you want to swim. Yes. Yeah. So I wonder what, what each of us can do in the time we're in to lead, you know, what, what's going to lead us forward in terms of the kind of society or culture that we, we're looking for. And I, I feel we're all searching for something, Charlotte, and I don't quite know what it is and I don't know who takes us there. What, what do you think? Yeah, it's an interesting question because it certainly is. I, I did wonder, is it, is it my age? Is it, what is it? But actually... I have a strong feeling that the whole world is looking for something. And I was thinking the other day, you know, where are the, the Mother Teresa's and the Gandhi's and the Martin Luther King's of today? Mm -hmm. um, the people that really draw out the best in people through um, nonviolent means, mm -hmm. through the just so passionately believe in things and understand what is right and what is wrong. And I think we could all be that person. We could all 
be more of, of that and drive the right things in society. But I do think that we need to try to get leaders to to lead the way so that we don't have to have the, the rise of, of the non-leaders. So mm. If you see what I mean, I think the yeah. rising, really when you get to that boiling point, when you have masses of people rising in anger, you must, you must stop and think of why. You cannot just push those waves away. It's like sitting on a beach looking at mm. a tsunami coming. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy to do that. Mm. You must address it. You must stop and think. What is going wrong here? What is it we need to do to mm. make things right? Mm. Because otherwise we will never have peace. We will never be able to live together happily. And then for me, one of the core things is equality. Equality for all everywhere is a must. And, and I don't tolerate inequalities very well. Mm. Um, I don't like elitism. I don't subscribe to, uh, to this, you know, different levels for different people. It just isn't part of my thinking mm. and, and wanting to be. So I will always fight to have more equality everywhere in all the different ways that is necessary. Mm. But how we do, and it's like we need a movement. Where's the movement? Mm. We need a movement. I wrote an article about servant leadership. Yes. Someone wrote to me, maybe we should start that as a movement, just came in today. Uh -huh. And it's servant leadership movement. Not that many people are interested in it uh, or have even read it. <laughs> really? What, your article or generally? No, the article. That, mm. And I thought, that's interesting. Normally I get slightly more people reading yeah. it. But actually, just the headline, servant leadership, many people are going, ah. But the queen is a servant leader. Who wouldn't yes. aspire to be like the queen? Exactly. Exactly. So servant leadership, Charlotte, and you know, I go back to the sort of beginning of your interview here when you talked about the fact that you always felt this need to lead, to lead uh, and how that's come through values and um, finding a purpose and so on. And I wonder what might be a final word that you might give some of our listeners today as to how they can be the leader themselves what what is it that people need to do to step up and be the change they want to see well there's lots of things that i talk about in terms of speak up you know um i heard a quote that said if something needs to be said silence is a lie and i mm. i agree on that more people need to speak up and what you often get is sort of the the good people don't speak up. Their voices are not heard as much as the ones that, that are not necessarily as, as good. But fundamentally, I think what I would like everybody to just stop and think about is that every single one of us can be that one person that makes a significant change mm. to the world. Mm. Everything starts with one person, every mm. single thing. Nothing starts with a million people thinking the same thought at the same time. Yeah. It starts with one person every one of us could be that one person that, that draws other people with us in the right way. So if we can all think of that and then come together when someone gets that idea, we can all follow. We don't know who of us that might be, but any one of us could do that. That's a wonderful message, Charlotte. I'm really grateful for your time. It's fascinating, always fascinating chatting to you. Thank we you. always have so much, but thank you very much indeed. My pleasure. Thank you so thank much you, for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the end of this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and colleagues. Please do subscribe to the Barefoot Mediator podcast series. And if you would like access to my free video series for managing in times of change, challenge and crisis, and to download a PDF copy of my book, 
how to beat bedlam in the boardroom and boredom in the bedroom, please go to janegarden.co.uk forward slash video and the link is also in the show notes. Thank you again and see you next time. Thank you.